don't expect it to happen overnight. I think you got to be in for the long game. Anticipate you won't be getting into the black for three years. Keep realistic expectations. You're not going to become a millionaire overnight. Welcome to the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Each week, we bring you an interview featuring an entrepreneur or business leader in the Saskatchewan province. We dive into their journey, lessons learned, and views on the outlook of the Saskatchewan business market. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at TwoWeb.ca. Welcome to this episode of the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have a very exciting guest, Craig Campbell, who I've known personally for more than 10 years. He is the president of uh, G3 Tech, uh, which was established back in 2007. And it was one of the first companies to bring ground penetrating radar to the Saskatchewan construction industry since then. Since then, it's been a continued leader in applying new and innovative technologies to coincide with non-destructive testing for both the municipal and construction sectors. Craig, welcome to the show. Hello, Manib. Excellent to have you here today. And um, Craig, you know, we go back a long way, but I really want to know a little bit more about your background and maybe you can tell the audience how you actually ended up starting G3 Tech. I was in the oil industry for most of the, in the 90s, from my early 20s right through. And I was a cathodic protection technologist, which was basically a, a fancy name for someone who knows why things rust. And I ran that company for about almost 13 some years for another gentleman. And I felt off, like going off onto my own. I got approached by Transgas and they it mentioned if, uh, if I started a similar company that they would hire me. No sooner did uh, I put the bid in in order to get the contracts, uh, my mom got diagnosed with terminal cancer and I actually hung up everything and took the next year and a half, almost two years from 2005 to 2007, helping care for her. Uh, unfortunately, she passed away in 2007 and I was left looking at, you know, what my career was going to be. Cathodic protection was really specialized at the time and it, it kept me on the road. I no longer felt like living on the road. So I heard of a ground penetrating radar. So I researched into it and I looked and coming from a construction background and stuff, I could just knew that this was a niche market and this is the way the times were going to go. So I got a hold of the company, purchased a piece of equipment, flew them in, had them train me for a few days. And then I spent the next three months training myself of just learning of how the technology can work and all the different applications to it. I was really limited at the time of just doing basically concrete structure surveys. And that's how I originally started G3 Tech was just scanning concrete structures. It's interesting about your backstory. And, uh, you know, I know you've been involved with multiple other businesses as well. And over the years, you've, uh, you've grown as an entrepreneur. So can you tell us a little bit about your personal backstory and how you were actually helping your past experience grow G3 Tech today? I grew up in, a, my father owned his own construction company. I grew up out of town. So we've always worked and I've always, I've always seen my father have his own company and run all his own stuff. So I think it came pretty natural for me to be doing things all on my own. I took a couple breaks from the oil industry. One was to work for uh, Enns Toyota and I sold cars for a year and a half. And then after that, I got hired on by Rolco and I sold advertising for just over half a year. And the skill set I got from learning cold calls and sales 
was incredible. It really helped me out. I had ran that other man's company for quite a few years and stuff like that. So I, I really knew about hiring and training already. And I basically just jumped in with both feet. Uh, I designed my first logo all by myself. I think the very first web page or anything I had up in business cards, I did that all on my own. Everything from my bookkeeping, I figured it out on my own. And uh, I think it was, the, it was the training I had as a salesman really was key to helping me grow this company. Because I truly believe no matter who you are, you have to know sales. You're selling something or yourself. So seeing as this technology was so new and cutting edge, no one had even heard of it. So I had to do numerous presentations to uh, construction companies, engineering firms, and just to prove to them of how I could save them money down the road. So would I be correct in saying that sales mastery is one of the ingredients of, of your success as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I really believe so. I really believe no matter, like you're right, I've had numerous businesses, everything from a granola business that I started in my kitchen and end up selling it across provinces and all the grocery stores to uh, starting a coffee roastery that's now being sold across provinces. Uh, even when I was younger, I always had my own businesses. I, I welded furniture and I sold that to uh, studios and to designers. Just, I was one of the first to, uh, I and my brothers to start a, a vending bus. We had the barbecue bus, we sold burgers probably 25, 27 years ago in front of the bars in Saskatoon. So. Before it was so cool and trendy, we were, we were doing that. So we've always done sales and I've always believed in providing really good service and taking an, a look back at every time I do something, especially if it's a mistake, uh, how I could correct that, how I could become better and what would keep me cutting edge. You know that philosophy, red ocean, blue ocean? Oh, yeah. So I really believe in uh, the red ocean, blue ocean philosophy that if you're going to be doing something, you want to be in a smaller group of elite group of doing something cutting edge and more professional. And I've continually added aspects to G3 tech throughout my years. Whenever I thought there was a spot that could become stronger, I added that technology in. So we're currently running at least five different non-destructive testing technologies that overlap and they just make everything we do more precise. And we're like, we can just be like a go-to. Uh, our slogan is we provide solutions. And I love when clients come to me with a unique problem or situation and I can design something new or overlap multiple of my technologies in order to come up with a solution for them. So G3 Tech, uh, you've been operating this for many years now. What kind of services do you specialize in? Like I said, it started with the construction industry. Someone had to cut her core through a concrete structure. And you have no idea what's within that concrete, you know, all the, the, the structure in there. The engineers don't want you just cutting the rebar and the, the bones of the building. And there's utilities and conduits and such that could be hazardous to someone's health or just cause so much damage to the building. It takes a lot of money to correct them or they can't be corrected. So we started with scanning a lot of concrete and with that, uh, my training in the oil industry, I knew how to do line locating of utilities. So I added that technology in there because they could kind of overlap. So that kind of led us into starting to do outdoor utility locates. And then environmental and engineering companies and architectural companies started getting a hold of us, asked if we could do ground surveys with ground penetrating radar. Even though it's the same technology, it's, it's a new division of it. So we started dabbling into that and kind of got trained through trial and error, 
figured things out and now we do extremely precise high-end ground surveys everything from uh, utility surveys to landfills in the north of old uh, dump sites where they used to bury the, the garbage off in the bush and stuff like that's covered over where they're cleaning those areas up now so we will go in with our antennas and we can identify where those pockets are so they can either clean them up or you know do water samples we've scanned over top of most of the retention ponds and stuff like that within saskatoon here to let them know what the depth of them is how much sediment is built up uh, the fire department has hired us to check and see what the ice thickness is on some of the ponds to make sure they're safe for the public we've done bedrock surveys and even grave surveys we've done some of the stuff uh, at beardy near duck lake we did their cemetery there uh, in 2019 in order to identify where the burial sites were, that where the place marker was no longer visible. So it's interesting you mentioned that because obviously we have, uh, you know, been hearing the news about the mass graves in residential schools. And uh, would your service be one of the kinds of services that can actually help identify some of these mass graves that uh, are underneath? Yeah, hundred percent. Minutes after that, all those news stories came out. My phone started ringing off the hook all the way from uh, Ontario, Manitoba. Saskatchewan, British Columbia, and I spent about five weeks having meetings with the FSIN and other parties at BE and different band members from all the different provinces in order to instruct and uh, and talk to them about these surveys. The surveys, uh, we ended up, we haven't done any. They were extremely detailed survey and I really put caution to the parties at the beginning. I wrote out a PDF of a outline, the procedures that should be, that they should maintain in order to do these surveys correctly because uh, this honestly in my 14 years and we put together an A-team here. We had a, a former forensics officer, some with a master's in geology. We had our team put together in order to help with this and even with all of that we knew this would be the most challenging survey of our career. With G2 Tech obviously there's you know every business faces competition and uh, how would G3 Tech be different from your competitors? I think for the fact that just our knowledge of the industry is so vast all the way from the minute, like we could survey things within centimeters or millimeters almost on say like a bridge deck, right through to uh, engineering. So the structure, my father having a construction company, I was always around the building of buildings and structures. So I have a high knowledge of that. To all the things we can incorporate, we can incorporate thermography, line locating, uh, drone imagery, GPS, so we're not just pigeonholed into one thing and we've got all the technologies that we can design or change or alter to suit multiple different needs. Whereas some companies, you know, they maybe just, just focus on one piece of the market. We got the ability to basically do most of it and with the knowledge and background behind it to do it properly. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced uh, in growing G3 Tech? Educating my clientele on what the technology can do and the limitations of the technology mm. is the biggest limitation. People see it as basically like a video camera that you can just go in and you can see through and you can see through everything and you can see details. And Hollywood and the movies have not done it justice. You know, the, the pictures they show of using ground penetrating radar and CSI and they show exactly a skeleton underneath like holding a handgun or something. And these aren't true. We cannot see in those greater details. And 
the deeper you go and the more challenging the soils are, the less detail you see. So GPR antennas, in order to see things that are deep, you lose, vis you lose detail. In order to see things of detail, you lose depth. So you're always trying to find this happy medium in between to specially design the, the survey utilizing the right frequencies of antennas to gather exactly what you need. And then the limitations are the soil. You know, if we get a high clay content soil, just as of uh, last week, we did a job down near Crawbert and they asked us to go look for the utilities. Typically our antennas, we could get a clear visibility of uh, say two, two and a half meters. Because the high soil clay content, the attenuation, we could only see 1.2 meters down. Some of the utilities were actually buried deeper than that and we just couldn't see them. And trying to explain these limitations to the client of, you know, there's nothing we did wrong. We couldn't have gathered any differently. We couldn't have changed an antenna. We couldn't process it any differently. Once, if the signal's not getting to an area, it's just not getting there. So, and it's very, takes a lot of time to do it. You know, for, uh, for instance, the graveyard surveys, some understanding I have about that one there was you basically, if we did not have an understanding of the size of the grave, how it was positioned, we pretty much have to cover every inch of ground. An error I heard it happened at one of the surveys was they used an improper antenna that probably couldn't get the depth that they were needing to acquire. And they started with their survey in single lines, one meter to two meters apart. The GPR antenna only sees what's directly underneath it. So if you allow for those gaps to happen in between, you're completely blind and you can't tie your target together. So to go do, say, an acre, you know, a client is like, well, how soon can you get in here and do this acre and then process it? It could potentially take me a day or two days to gather just that acre of land in the right detail. And then we'd have to post-process it afterwards, which could take another two days, two, three days. So it does take a lot of time. And I think that is the biggest challenge is, is the client to understand the time it takes, what we're capable of seeing. And sometimes we're not even know what we're capable of until we get to the site and see what challenges we're up against. And then if the weather changes, it starts to snow or pour rain, we may have to stop the survey completely because now all of a sudden the soil conditions have changed by the moisture and we won't see anything. So now we'll have to abandon the survey until the soil dries up or freezes. Interesting. So it seems that there's, you know, you're obviously using the latest technology that is out there right now to do the GPR work. Where do you see are the biggest opportunities in the near future? Do you feel that by investing in more technology and, and maybe better technology down the road that can actually help improve and allow you to do better surveys? Or what is the vision? What is the next two, three years look like for G3 Tech? A thing that has really changed in the last year is actually been the processing software. The basis behind the technology has not changed too dramatically in the last 10, 15, 20 years. GPS antennas and such things, those have changed. But the processing technology is now becoming way more user-friendly. Like before, you would have needed a computer science degree and knowing how to use AutoCAD and all these different things in order to, to go through and do the processing. They're starting to realize, you know, that not everybody has that ability it's a it's a very wasn't a very user-friendly platform so that has become a lot better i see g3 tech one thing that was a real benefit of happened with the residential schools was it really put forth the terminology of ground penetrating radar 
it really piqued people's interests of what it can do. And once they see the capabilities of what it can do and how much quicker it can speed up a survey, if we can pinpoint certain areas quite cost effectively, they're pretty much sold after that point. You know, like if we go into a building and we scan some areas and they wouldn't have, you know, had they not scanned before, they could have hit a major utility, which could have stopped the job, prevented the job completely. So I think the clientele are getting to realize of the benefits, uh, how detailed it can be and the cost benefit them down the road from just being able to uh, plan their build with the, with the information we're bringing them. There's not really any other technology out there. There's not many that can see three-dimensionally from one surface through a substance. GPR is pretty much one of the only ones. You know, you shed light about the challenge with in terms of educating your client about the technology and how it works. How are you overcoming this challenge? Is it mostly due to in-person meetings or, or how do you actually help them overcome this challenge? Any chance I get to talk to them on the phone, the thing is most situations are so unique that it's not just cookie cutter where I can just provide one solution for one thing. So any opportunity I got, I, I consider every single job as a promotion. Every single job I'm on, I take the time and my staff takes the time to educate the client on what we can do, to walk them through of what our findings are so they understand clearly of what we got. I think, you know, with your help, two webs help, videos, a better web page. Every single time we've done a unique survey to hopefully uh, post it or publish it to show what we can do. Videos and photos seem to work wonders. People are very visual. They don't have a lot of attention to read too much. So it makes something really quick and easy for them. Word of mouth has been the biggest growth of my company for 14 years. Regularly get referred to by other clients and contractors because we've provided great service. So where do you see are the biggest opportunities in the near future? The size of the contract has continuously in the last couple of years grown. You know, I think the very first year, the amount of money I made on my very first full year of contracts, there's times now where we'll get a contract that actually will be as much if not more than just that one there. So I think the size of the contracts are gonna to start to grow our uh, name getting out there, the mobility that we can have, like we're looking at potentially expanding out into uh, Eastern Canada and opening a second office up here, you know, possibly in the next year. So with that extended reach, our clientele base that we've already built here over 14 years of the engineering firms, uh, the Stantex, the SNC Lavalins, the Pinchins and all those, they have offices in the West. So I think my next move will be a lateral move of just covering more of Canada and yeah, I've had a real benefit in this last year of our name being in the media and the news and our reputation is, is very strong. So I think it's a good time now to utilize that. That's great. So if you could go back in time, let's say 10 years, what advice would you give to your younger self? <laughs> wow. Invest more. Don't fear making mistakes. You know, I think the mistakes I made uh, were the key points to my education of learning what I could do. So, yeah, I don't know. Life's been pretty good in 10 years, so I don't know how I have too much to say. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So there's no regrets and uh, things are moving along really good. So that's yeah. wonderful. But obviously, you've experienced a lot of challenges. And based on those challenges and experience that you've overcome, you know, if there was one big 
takeaway that you could give to our listeners, the entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, what would that be? Don't expect it to happen overnight. I think you got to be in for the long game. Anticipate you won't be getting into the black for three years. Keep realistic expectations. You're not going to become a millionaire overnight. You're going to have to invest time outside of 8 till 4.30. You know, the, an entrepreneurship doesn't shut off. We're a special breed of person that, uh, like, I don't play golf or go to sports. I, I love entrepreneurship. I love thinking about my company. I love working on it. And I think you've got to have that passion for it. Otherwise, you should just be working for someone else. Yeah, understand that you're going to commit extra hours and you just got to find something you love in what you do continuously. I think I, a big piece I would get, tell people is it's going to become stale. You're going to flatline at some point and you're going to have to look back at what you built and find a new way of looking at it, a new way of marketing it. You have to find something that keeps you excited about it. Otherwise, it'll eventually it'll burn you out. So I can say 14 years later, I'm still excited about what I do. And that drives me to make it bigger and do it better every single day. That's awesome. Every day is a new opportunity to learn and to grow your business. And I think all businesses is innovation and, and marketing. You know, as uh, Peter Drucker, one of the best business minds of the past century, put it. So if you can actually innovate your business and market that business better than your competitors, then you can find success in entrepreneurship. And you've been following that path for a while. I know you've been actually you've been doing a lot in terms of promoting yourself, your personal brand, your company, even through your website and so forth. So that's that's really nice to see things are going well. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. you and I've seen a lot of <laughs> growth together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. So, uh, Craig, where can people find out more about you and contact you online? Uh, our webpage at uh, g3tech.ca. You can uh, get G3Tech through LinkedIn and that's mostly the same spots. Yeah, we have a 1-800 number. So on SAS 411, if you look up ground penetrating radar, you'll, you'll find us. Yeah, or just look up G3 Tech. Great. We'll definitely include the links to your profile as well as your, your website here in the podcast and the article. But uh, thank you so much, Craig, for taking the time today to share your story and to give some insight about G3 Tech and how you've actually grown the business and exciting things to see uh, in the near future here as well. Thank you, Manip. Thank you for listening, and we hope you found this episode useful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can see more information and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at saskentrepreneurs.com. That's S-A-S-K entrepreneurs.com. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at 2web.ca.